coming up. Check it out. A podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. This is Check It Out, a podcast from the library at Moraine Valley Community College. We are recording in the super secret conference room in the library on the lovely campus of Moraine Valley in Palos Hills, Illinois. Today is December 3rd, 2008. He's Troy Swanson, teaching and learning librarian. And he is Joe Malarkey, collection development librarian. And today we are going to do something a little bit different for our podcast. We are going to talk about the recent election of Barack Obama. And to do this, we're going to have two guests. You will be visited by two faculty members. Um, the first is Ricky Cobb, who is an instructor of sociology here at Moraine. And uh, our goal with Ricky here in a couple seconds is to make our understanding of this election as complicated and murky and unclear as possible. And it, then, wasn't, it wasn't my original goal. <laughs> Joe, really, it wasn't. Joe's all about the simple life. And what? then we're going to invite um, Kevin Nabertal from Political Science to help us make sense and clarify uh, this, this issue. So, so welcome, Ricky. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. So, hi, so to start off, tell us what the election of Barack Obama means. Wow. What a question that is. That uh, wasn't my original question either. It's such a broad question. It's a big one. Um, depends on who you ask. Since you ask me, I'll tell you that I think it's about a lot of different things. Uh, it, it's certainly somewhat about race. I don't think that there's any question that this election was about race in a meaningful way. It's a, it was a referendum on George W. Bush. Uh, and I think that we found uh, no surprise that uh, the Republican Party was in trouble from very early on in this election cycle, and I think mm. they knew that. Um, the election set up very well for the Democrats, so in some ways it was very predictable that we would elect a Democrat president in the, the year of 2008. Um, what uh, would have been unpredictable, probably even a few years ago, is that we would elect Barack Obama, uh, a right. junior junior senator from the great state of Illinois. You're right about that. that who has visited Moraine Valley Community College? Who has here, here. indeed? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we need to. I think it'll be harder to get him back. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Right. He, he'll, he'll be, be on the busier. He'll be on the podcast next week. You, you, you pull all the, the best guests. Yeah, that's, you know, right. that's right. To get me and Obama in the same it, month is a we know everybody. Coup. We know everybody. So. So the the um, we're it me okay so this was the the easy shot the no brainer for the Democrats that's I mean is that the meaning that it, it all matters about Bush well I think that this election was as much about George W Bush as it was about Barack Obama or John McCain John McCain was almost like a, John McCain especially was almost like a supporting actor if this were a movie you know I mean uh, I don't know that a general election has ever been less about one of the candidates ever before than it was this year about John McCain because you know every Obama ad was trying to tie Bush around his neck like you know the, the, an albatross right, right. and uh, I, I think it was effective I mean you to, to understand this election you know you first have to go back to the primaries and remember what a long hard-fought primary season particularly the Democrats had 
because Hillary Clinton, who also uh, was uh, you know set up to be a, a historic uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. candidate sure. in a general election as well, which she would have been the first female first woman running. Uh, uh, running for president in a in a general election. And you know the uh, she and her husband, I mean, you know what a they they basically controlled the Democratic Party for mm-hmm. nearly twenty years, mm-hmm. and so for this. You know, junior senator from Illinois to come out of kind of the ether, you know, right. as recently as just a few years ago. Right. I mean, we're talking about someone who had only been in the Senate for so, a little over you know, almost three years. Is the election um, about Bush or is it about the qualities of Barack Obama? I mean, is, is Barack Obama just that that much better than all the other candidates who ran and that Bush doesn't really matter? Well... The, the the election was about both. Obama, you know, it's there's the old saying about being in the right place at the right time. He was in the right place at the right time, but it took a heck of a lot of skill for him to be in that place. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this was, and, and regardless of what you think of his potential policies, regardless of where you uh, you feel about his uh, stance on the issues, I, I think there's very little doubt that. The Obama campaign was probably the best run from the standpoint of efficiency, from the standpoint of strategy, probably the best run uh, presidential uh, uh, election campaign, uh, at least in recent memory and, you know, arguably ever. Uh, You know, one of the things that they understood very early on is what it was going to take to get those delegates in the primary season. Right. And, you know, certainly uh, they understood that the caucuses were going to be very important. And so, so, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't get there accidentally. You right. know, I, I know someone, I have a friend who's a conservative who uh, compared him to uh, Peter Sellers' character in the movie Being There. Uh, Chauncey Chauncey Gardner, you know, basically implying that Obama just kind of stumbled into this. He was, you know, lucky. He's an, you know, cult of personality, which is one of the criticisms. There is an argument to be made, right, that because of the long primary season, um, he built the ground game. I mean, if it wasn't so long and he didn't compete in so many states, he was once he won Democratic nomination, he had infrastructure in place. And more importantly than that, the the length of the primary season gave more people more exposure to him right. and gave those who might have been uneasy about the idea of an African-American candidate a chance to work through some of their issues. Wow. Oh, yeah, and by the time that we got wow. to the general election, he was a more familiar character right. than he would have been if this thing had been decided back in, you know, January or February. Right. I mean, you know. Or California Iowa yeah, if it was if it was a situation, I mean Hillary Clinton, she could have just she could have just taken the thing, you know, from the beginning, and familiarity was for good or for bad. I mean, everybody knew who Hillary Clinton was, but who is this guy? And Obama performed very well in the in the primaries, you know, in Iowa. You know, Iowa was more of a harbinger of what was to come, I think, than a lot of people even imagined at the time, because Obama does very very well when he has time to set up shop, mm-hmm. meet people. People get to know him. He did very well in those states where he was able to campaign for a lengthy period of time. Less well in some of the primaries where he didn't have that uh, luxury. Um, right. And but but okay. So uh, also, I want there's a New Yorker article about the election, and I, I, I escapes me. But I'm going to link to it off of the this podcast homepage <laughs> that I think is going to be one of the classic articles about this election that'll be looked at for a long time. 
where uh, it's like Chris Lizza. I'm trying to think who the author was, but he interviewed all the key members of the campaign. So, okay, but but so to keep complicating this issue, wasn't this about the economic downturn that happened in September? I mean, after the the Republican Republican convention, McCain was surging in the polls, and everyone loved Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. And then the economy tanked. Now, if the economy hadn't tanked, and we had a terrorist attack, wouldn't McCain have won? Well, you know, you know what they say about ifs and buts. I mean, it, you're well, but it's it's similar to what you were saying about being in the right place at the right time. Well, I mean, things set up very well. I mean, the economic downturn basically clinched the election for Obama. I think looking back, looking back at it, because mm-hmm. people got people got frightened. Oh. I mean, it was a do- it was a splash of cold water. I still am. On the face, you know, it was a splash of cold water in the face for a lot of people, and I think people got very serious. You know, we're not going to, you know, this wasn't about, uh, you know, uh, necessarily. I think, I think, you know, historically, one of the reasons that George Bush did well is in spite of his flaws. Now, 2004, I can't explain. I don't know. I think we had a collective blackout. I mean, but uh, as as a uh, country. But I think one of the reasons he did well is that he had kind of the every man quality of people say, well, he's a regular guy. You know, that some people say that, you know, it's the candidate that you want to sit down and have dinner with or have a beer with over mm-hmm. a backyard barbecue or whatever. But I think in, I think in this election, you know, a, a lot of the trivial stuff and, you know, race certainly isn't trivial. Experience is certainly not trivial. But I think people really, really looked at these issues coming out of uh, a presidency that has grown increasingly more unpopular as it's gone on and looking at this economic downturn that you know has the potential to be uh, a lot scarier than the words economic downturn uh, would make it sound and I I think people got real about you know what is this I think it was a very personal election for a lot of people well okay so just to keep us at the beginning you made some strong statements about meaning of the election and race and I think we got to get you to elaborate. I mean, the, is is this election meaningful <laughs> in terms of racial issues? Well, it's absolutely meaningful in terms of racial issues. I mean, you got to realize Barack Obama was the third African American senator in the United States since Reconstruction. So, I mean, we're talking about a country that has had three African American senators. In the last right. 1870 Since, or 1880, whenever Reconstruction ended, right? Like, right. I mean, yeah. it's, rid- it's ridiculous and it's really shameful. Mm-hmm. All right. So for us to elect this year this uh, African-American candidate, it does say something very meaningful. I mean, we've had uh, a run of, you know, what, 43, uh, you know, uh, white male presidents. You know, that's a long that's a long stretch. You know, it's just institutionalized that, you know, the president, you know, is a white guy. All right, well, all of a sudden, that's not the case. So it does mean something. But I think we need to be careful not to read too much meaning into it. Because, you know, there are going to be some people who are going to say, hey, well, you know, we have a black president, so, you know, let's take the issue of racism and, and not worry about that anymore. That's been solved. Let's move mm-hmm. on to something else. And you've got to be very careful not to do that because, you know, racism is still an issue for regular people in regular society. And the fact that, you know, there is enough open-mindedness in our society that people were able to look past race and vote based on the issues. I think that I mean I think that says wonderful things about where we're trending in modern American society. Right. But I don't think that it necessarily has an impact on the lives. In fact, I know that it doesn't have much of an impact on the mm-hmm. lives of your any 
minority in our society in their daily lives. I think what it does is it it does say a lot about hope. You know, the fact that uh, a uh, African American parent could look at their child and say, mm-hmm. "One day you mm-hmm. can be president," right, right, and 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 that not be completely hollow. I think so that, that means something, right? So that hopefully an Asian American parent could say that. That that's right. Yeah. You know, I think Arab American yes, say it's that. significant yeah. in that way. But in terms of individual prejudice and individual discrimination that's going on all around us all the time in our society, you know, maybe it puts a small dent in that in some way. Sure. But you know, those those issues are still going to be problems, and we need to be careful, uh, you know, not to read too much into the fact that you know this election is not necessarily indicating that that we've gone that we've transcended to a different level with regard to how we see race Sim- symbols matter but symbols don't pay your mortgage or put uh, food on the table so w- one last thing a word that you've used a lot but we haven't really hit on is issues i mean does issues not matter in this campaign we've now hit these key things but we haven't talked about health care we didn't talk about the things that we say we vote for presidents on right i think that I think that issues mattered so much in this election that it that it made race less important for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think wow. you know one of the reasons I think that Obama is is you know sitting somewhere probably in Chicago today as the president elect is that just waiting to do the just, next podcast. Just, you know, yeah, just waiting, thinking, you know, when am I going to get on with those guys? And I hope and I hope that they don't ask me the tough questions that they're that they're asking Cobb. Um, 60 minutes is going to be... I'm, I'm sweating yeah. over here, you know, sweating bullets. I'm glad that this isn't on video. But, uh, uh, you know, in, in all honesty, I think that the issues were so important to people this year that it put something like race on the back burner at least a little bit. And I think that says a lot about how seriously people looked at this from an issue standpoint. Healthcare, such an important issue. Iraq, such an important issue. The economy you know, really stepping all the way to the forefront, you know, by the end of the election. And I think that people voted, uh, you know, I think people voted their pocketbook. I think people voted their health care. I think people, uh, I think people voted, uh, you know, to try and clean up what they saw as uh, uh, a little bit of uh, corruption in our government with regard to a lot of the decisions that were being made, particularly uh, on a foreign policy basis. You know, so I think actually the fact that, uh, we did, as a nation, take this election so seriously from an issue standpoint, really somewhat obfuscated race a little bit. And it also helps, I think, that in the primary season, you know, to go back to remember Obama's really historic speech on race that he gave in Philadelphia back in, I believe, March. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the race issues, the Jeremiah Wright. Uh, you know, controversy that erupted back in the primary season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that you know those things were going to be. It was inevitable that race was going to be uh, one of the the uh, things that came up frequently in an Obama run for the presidency. But I think you know if you look back at it, there was really a lot more discussion of race in the primary season than the general election season. And you know mm-hmm. maybe from that you could think that you know. America wanted to talk about that. It was the elephant in the room. You know, if we right. didn't talk about it, it got we, it over with. We got it over with, right. at least to a, a, a large extent. Sure. And by the time that we got to the, the uh, uh, and I'm not going to say that the primary season wasn't serious, but it seems like a lot of the silly season stuff was kind of over by the end of summer. And by the time 
McCain came out of the Republican convention in Minnesota and came out of the convention with a bounce, right. as would be expected, looking pretty good. Sarah Palin was very popular for a mm-hmm. while until she, she started talking. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. And people got very serious, you know, with the, the economic situation that happened, you know, sometime around September, it was like, okay, Jeremiah Wright, uh, you know, all of the, the uh, you know, Obama, the, the McCain depictions of Obama as some sort of uh, uh, celebrity who, you know, had no idea what he was uh, going to be able to do. And I think also one thing that, that bears mentioning here is the, the, the I think the debates were somewhat significant, uh, perhaps a little more than normal this election season. You think that they have been? I think that they, you know, I don't want to say how significant, I don't don't think they were a deciding factor, Mm -hmm. but I think that a lot of the, uh, I think Obama exploded a lot of the criticisms against him by standing on the same stage with uh, McCain and performing well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at the exit, uh, I mean, not the exit poll, but the instant polls, and against Hillary, but I think he performed even better against McCain. Yeah, he performed better in the debates against McCain because the, the thing with Obama and Hillary is that they were so similar you know, for all of the controversy and the back and forth of the primary season they were really similar on most of the issues that you know people considered to be you know very important mm-hmm. you know they were two candidates that were not that far apart philosophically I mean there were differences but obviously right. not anything like the differences between Obama and McCain so when we got into the debates, you know, we saw a real clear-cut difference in policy and in ideology. And uh, I think people just preferred Obama on the issues. I was actually right. surprised. The instant polls in, in all three of the debates went heavily Obama. Right. The focus groups, you know, tended to go uh, I, I Obama and, and Biden also the, much the, wins, the same way. The wins, the wins in the debate were different than the wins like that Clinton had, where it was just like a... He killed him. You know, Obama just showed that I can hold my own. Like, he didn't have to, to totally dis- dismantle it because things were going his way. He just had to show that I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking right. about. Right. Yeah. And that's the danger of a negative campaign. They ran such a negative campaign against Obama and portrayed him as, like, you know, he, he wouldn't even be able to find the door to get into the studio to go on stage to have the debate. Right. And when he stood up there and showed himself to actually be nuanced, and and to have a command of the issues, uh, it, 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 I think it made a lot of the, the negative campaigning instantly uh, fall flat. Right, I agree. So we're just about out of time. So final thoughts. Um, what does this election mean? Ricky, any final thing to share? It means that on January 20th, 2009, <laughs> we close the page on George W. Bush. Yeah. And he right. can go back home. Yeah. And uh, and hopefully do a podcast with us. Yeah, he already has some free time. He can come up and uh, we may could even go to him. <laughs> I think it means that we're, we're entering into uh, you know something of a new era. We don't know exactly what that means yet, but it's exciting at least for a lot of people, particularly young people are energized. And I think that, you know, Obama did very well with the uh, you know, 18 to 29 demographic. And so I think any time that you get young people into the process, you get young people interested mm-hmm. in civic responsibility and caring about these things, I think that's a plus. So I think that, that there's some significance in that. But, you know, where we're going in the next four years or potentially the next eight years, I don't really know, but what I do know is is that we are going to see some we're going to see some important departures in policy from the previous administration, and it's also interesting to see you know in terms of uh, 
the, the number of Democrats in the Senate and in the House of Representatives. It'll be interesting to see where Obama you know, tries to take things and if he's able to reach across uh, the aisle to Republicans to build a kind of coalition that can really get a lot of things done. Right. And I think that that's one of his top priorities. So I, one of the things that I'm going to be looking for early on to answer your question in a very convoluted, confusing way, which is what you've asked me to do, it wasn't Joe's idea. Nope, uh, not mine. Is, is, uh, I'll be interested more than anything else, I think, to see how much he reaches out to the Republicans and to see how that is received by Republicans. Because if he's able to reach out and, and, and gather, he doesn't need a lot of Republican support to get things done. If he's able to do that, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. This could be a transformational presidency. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that gives us a lot to, to uh, talk about. We're going to go out and hunt down Kevin Navratil here in a minute. And he's going to come back and add clarity to the confusion that we've just created. So thanks, Ricky, for uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you much. Thanks for having me. All right, and we're back. We have tracked down Kevin Navertal, instructor in political science, and we have reviewed the transcript of Ricky Cobb's discussion, and now we are putting the monumental task on Kevin's shoulder of thinking about um, helping us clarify the mess that we made in the first part of this podcast. Here, here. Well, first of all, it's good to be here, and to join you guys in this discussion. But I think Ricky did a really great job of setting this up, and I think it's it's uh, more clarified than, than you've let on. And, and I'll do some, <laughs> you know, I'll do my best to, to add what I can. But I think what Ricky pointed out is what, what, I, what I, as a political scientist, what I think is really instrumental in this campaign was just the political context, the climate of these, that the candidates kind of inherited that they walked into. And, you know, Ricky pointed this out. I think, you know, it was a referendum on, on President Bush in many ways. And, you know, the presidential approval for Bush is one of the lowest historically for any president. Right. And there was some guilt by association that McCain had with that. And I think I've seen some exit polls that showed actually in the states that Bush had a presidential approval of, I think it was 34% and lower. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost, uh, McCain lost all those states. In all the states where it was higher than 34% um, a presidential approval for Bush, McCain actually carried. So I think that's one signal of just the, the, right. the sign that the people were, were ready for a change, which, by the way, happened to be the main slogan for Obama. Right. That, that he picked up on pretty early. Yeah, actually. definitely. And I think one of the things with that, if you looked at polling data, one of the things I found really interesting, and this is really historic, is that roughly 80 to upwards of 90% of Americans felt that America was headed in the wrong direction, which, again, a perfect opportunity to signal change. Mm-hmm. And when you, when, you know, Ricky picked up on this earlier that um, he ran an excellent campaign, and I would agree, I think, that one of the best campaigns of a presidential candidate had run, and that being one component of it. But definitely there was a cli- climate for change. And certainly Obama uh, encompassed that quality as a, a candidate for change. In many ways. Would you say, this is a little bit off of the Obama election, but just in general, any time that you've had a president who has served for eight years, the next election after he's coming out of office, is that always a referendum on that president pretty much? I'm thinking like mm-hmm. Reagan, Clinton, Clinton, right? I mean, is it? 
Well, I think that uh, oftentimes we have an idea of retrospective voting as political science. We look at sometimes uh, elections can be, are they based on what have you done in the last four years, what the party in power, uh, is it a re if it's a referendum on what they've done in the last four years, we say voters are looking you know, backwards and, and what's uh, transpired during the, the, the power or the administration that's been in power. Sometimes voters are looking to the future, saying what candidates are actually going to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, and, and sometimes we've seen uh, candidates of the same party perform pretty well. I mean, act, uh, just going back to, you know, certainly Al Gore didn't end up becoming president, but he won the most votes in 2000 after eight years of a Democrat. Um, the first George Bush won after eight years of a Republican president. So it isn't necessarily a... Um, detriment to be of running of the part of uh, the same party that's been in power for the last eight years. Now, in this case, I think Ricky picked this up too, that the economy was such a big issue, and 63% uh, of voters actually thought it was the number one issue, mm -hmm. which is just a substantial number. I think in uh, 2004 it was roughly 19 or 20 percent. Oh, and so it is a, a huge issue for voters. And historically, Democrats have always performed better amongst voters on how well they're going to handle the economy. This year was no different. Uh, Obama actually won, had a 9 percent advantage amongst voters who mm -hmm. thought that the economy was the number one issue. So that's another thing political scientists look at. What are the key issues amongst voters? Uh, the voters who thought the economy or health care was the number one issue, uh, or gas prices, um, mm -hmm. right. uh, Obama fared very well. But right. for the voters who thought that terrorism was the number one issue, mm -hmm. McCain won 90% of the vote. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, and people go out and get the exit poll data on that, right? Exactly. This is all exit poll from CNN, exit polls. So people who, after they have voted, um, you know, they get every nth voter who went in and cast their ballot and asked them a series of questions. And these exit poll data, it's not perfect science. Um, there's some flaws, but it can give us some ideas of some trends. And certainly when 90% of the people who said terrorism was the number one issue to them voted for John McCain, that signals something. That oh, had terrorism yeah. been a bigger issue sure. or more prevalent on voters' minds instead of the economy, we may have seen a different outcome. Or at least a closer. I mean, if so, if in October there's some sort of attack, or maybe early late September, so there's still a little time. It would have been an interesting uh, how it would have fallen. Could have been yeah, I think in 2002, and even to a certain extent, 2004, we saw that terrorism and the war in Iraq that many people associated with part of being part of the war on terrorism were key. Uh, factors in the Republican victories, mm -hmm. and this kind, this time certainly the the economy shift. You know, and and, and, and we can't you know neglect the way that the the candidates campaign on these mm -hmm. on these uh, issues either. I think that McCain could have performed much better on this issue, and in, in some cases, you know, he really dropped the ball. In one case, he even at one time point, you remember, he even suspended his campaign, mm -hmm. right. and I think that just really didn't hit home with voters. I think that. Not only did you have a candidate who had, you know, seven homes and, you know, over ten vehicles, you know, being reported in the media. Um, you had a candidate who said we needed to basically take a time out and delay a debate because of an economic, you know, crisis. Well, presidents have to handle a crisis on the fly, and I think that in many ways that just didn't resonate with voters. Wait, but, you know, one question, though, I got about um, the McCain-Palin um, campaign was were they really supported by their party? Do you feel 
do I f- by the voters who identify no, as Republicans? No, by their party, by the GOP. Like yeah, I think that there was some there was some factions within the Republican Party who who might not have been happy with the vice presidential selection, and and even I mean I think you're bringing up a good point. I think there was even some factions within the Republican Party who weren't exactly happy with McCain being the the nominee for the party, and I think part of that explains why he selected Palin. I mean, if you remember back to the Republican. Um, primary uh, process, there was a lot of criticism of, of John McCain being a Republican light, that he was mm-hmm. not right. Republican enough, right. that he was voting across the aisle on too many key issues, and, and Romney and Huckabee had really criticized him for not being. Right. So there were some factions, but I think all that being, and, and, and this is another key thing that I think turned the election, is, is the campaign and, and the way that he's... Uh, who he selected in his vice presidential selection. And I think it was very instrumental in, in showing that instead of, he, he, he misread the populace. I think he thought that the best thing to do was to cater to the Republican right, the conservative voters, the religious voters, okay. the base of the Republican Party. And what I think he misinterpreted is they would have came home for the party anyway. They would have voted, mm-hmm. they would have, in the end, come election day, even though they might not have been happy with a different vice presidential selection, they would have voted Republican. You know, they 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 wouldn't have wanted Obama selecting a Supreme Court justice and maybe, right, you know, right, sure. losing some of those key issues like that. What he could have done is gone after a more moderate, and many people argue that he was close to selecting a, a Democrat by name um, in Joe Lieberman, or maybe even somebody like a Mitt Romney, who many people argue has the credibility on the economy. You know, had he done so, I think he would have been more attractive to the independent voters. Okay. And what's interesting is uh, Obama had picked up independents by 8%. He had an 8% advantage amongst independents. Now, Democrats and Republicans, 90% of them vote for their their candidates' mm-hmm. nominees. Mm-hmm. So sure. you're not really competing for Republican or Democrat uh, voters. You're competing primarily for these swing voters, what we call independents, and a few battleground or swing states. And I think McCain really lost those voters with his vice presidential selection. That, In, in the eyes of some voters, she wasn't necessarily experienced or qualified. And okay. other voters, she was... You know, similar to the qualities of Bush, which we referred to earlier as not being very popular in this election. Some of these qualities about not being very transparent, um, you know, being um, a little bit too religious in the way that she governs and uh, being too close to the religious right, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I think in those cases, he really flawed in his, presi- in his vice presidential selection. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think if... Uh I mean, obviously, McCain is not a, a dumb guy. I mean, he's been in, in, involved a lot. He's, he's, he's written books. He's uh, been successful. Do you think that he shows her, and like the suspending his campaign, kind of as the Hail Mary kind of thing? Like, he, he felt like he was behind. He knew the issues weren't lining up for him. Um, he felt like he had to take some risks. And, and we may criticize him now, but if he would have won, then he would look brilliant. In the right, right. right. And that was part of the reason that I started with the climate. I mean, it's very easy to criticize any candidate, but as you guys had pointed out and Ricky earlier, this was really in a Democrat's court. Um, that being said, I think he did make some you know, gambles that he, 
that might have been necessary, but some of them are, again, I think flawed. The suspending of the campaign, definitely flawed. The selection of his vice presidential candidate. I, I think that he, you know, he had to shake things up a little bit. But I really feel, and you could, I got a sense of this when you're watching him in the debates when he, when he rolled out Sarah Palin for, uh, when, when she was selected and she gave her first speech. You could just see by his body language, and I don't mean to be too interpretive here, but I don't think he was his true self, and I don't think he was really, I feel like he, he realized at a certain point, just like in his primary, he completely upended his campaign strategy during the primary when he was behind. Mm -hmm. And I think the true John McCain surfaced, like you said earlier, he's a very smart, very capable uh, politician. And that surfaced in the primary. And somehow, after the, you know, into the summer months, he kind of lost his way. And I think after the Democratic nomination uh, in the convention, it was bringing up so much momentum and everybody was excited. I think he felt like he did need to do an Hail Mary. And I think he got the wrong advice. And many people pushed him towards a candidate who would galvanize these um, uh, evangelical voters right. that were very instrumental in 2004. That they solidified the base and yeah. forgot about the independence. And he, 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 he's a maverick. He's always been an independent. <laughs> he could have really gone after those independent voters and said, you know, evangelical voters, you're either with, you know, you're either with me or against me, and you're going to have to be on my side. Otherwise, you're going to have a Democratic president. And, you know, even though I might be your preferred candidate, I'm better than the opposition. And I think he really made a, a, a bad choice there. So beyond the context discussion, um, how, how do political scientists think about like the issue of race? So well, I, I mean certainly I think we we consider it a factor as far as demographics that are important to election. We look at through the, the lens of demographics that might be pivotal in an election, and and I think you know you guys had a, a good discussion on this earlier and I think that there was certainly race played a role and, and there's even exit polls that ask whether race was a factor in, in my opinion I think race though as far as the black issue was much of a wash I think there might have been some some white voters who may not have voted for him because of his race but there was also many people coming out and voting for him because of his race too I mean the African American turnout was at record yeah, levels right definitely but I think in in what many people have missed, or some people have missed, is that the, the demographic and, and race that I think was really pivotal was Hispanic voters. Mm -hmm. and especially and during I, the primary. I was hearing in the late part of the campaign that that was really the, um, the group that they were both targeting. Definitely. And in the primaries, many people were arguing, you know, with the success of Hillary Clinton amongst Hispanic voters, that mm -hmm. is Obama to be able to capture the Hispanic vote. And, what, and in 2004, President Bush captured 44% of the Hispanic vote. So still a minority, but that was the most, uh, the highest percentage of Hispanic vote that Republican presidential candidate had ever captured. And many people expected that 2008 could have been the first year, could be the first year that uh, Republicans would capture a majority. Instead, Obama and Democrat, the, the Democrat, captured 67, two-thirds of all Hispanic voters. And in some of these key states like Colorado and New Mexico and Nevada, certainly a very pivotal demographic. Right. So I think and in Florida as well. I've seen arguments that uh, if McCain wasn't from Arizona, he may have lost Arizona. There was definitely a tight race in there oh, in the final days. to be that close in your own home state. 
speaking of which, you know, it's a little bit dated now, but if had Al Gore won in 2000 in his home state, then the whole Florida thing wouldn't have mattered. So certainly winning your home state is, uh, can be, uh, you know, it's very pivotal, and it's like, like you said, it's kind of, uh, you know, a momentum, and it's a, a downside if you can't even carry your own home state. So right, very right. important. Okay, so we talked about context talked about um, demographics and race. What are other ways that political scientists are thinking about this uh, election? Yeah, and I think we've, we, you know, I've, we've hit on issues. That's another key variable. We, we talked about the economy and versus terrorism and, and healthcare. The last one that, that we tend to look at is, is candidate qualities. Um, and there are a couple different ways of looking at that. You know, experience of the, of the candidate, the character of the candidate, um, just the overall perception. I know Ricky and you guys had mentioned earlier about would you like to sit down and, and have dinner or a beer with the with uh, the candidate. Mm-hmm. Those types of traits. And what I thought was interesting is is first of all um, the, the key difference amongst voters based on how they perceive the candidates. Of about a third of all voters thought that the candidate who brings change is important to them. So one-third of all voters thought mm-hmm. a personal quality of the candidate who could bring change is important. And of those voters, 90% voted for Obama. Mm-hmm. About 20% thought experience of the candidate was an important quality to have. And 93% of those voters voted for John McCain. Mm-hmm. And as far as a candidate that shares my values, another one-third of, of voters thought that that was an important quality. Yeah, the most important quality, and 65% voted for McCain. So once again, what we see is two, both of those last two, the latter two, trended towards McCain. But it was one-third of all voters saying that change is important, and Obama carrying those voters heavily that I think was very instrumental. And we, we talked about how that fit within the political climate earlier with the dissatisfaction of American voters uh, with the direction of the country. So if I could take a shot at summarizing some of this. Sure. I'm glad you're going <laughs> <laughs> right. to. So channel. you're going to clean up Please the mess. Well, I mean, it seems to me that there's these different ways to slice and dice it, but they're all interconnected. I mean, you can't just pull the candidate traits and the issues out of history and out of the context and vote in a vacuum. The, 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 pre- the preceding eight years for us have been instrumental in us thinking about what it means to be American and where our country is going. And you find a candidate that stands for the things and that has the traits that seem to line up with what that interpretation is. Does that make sense? And and Obama checked those boxes in so many ways. Definitely. I think that's a great way of piecing this together. And and, uh, he definitely, and I think uh, Ricky had said that earlier, about um, a lot of different ways to look at this and it, it wasn't necessarily about race and the traits that uh, Obama happened to be. It wasn't necessarily just his race. He happened to encompass a lot of these different traits such as being um, you know, a very intelligent academic, somebody from a background that shows that, okay, he might not have the president or the executive experience, but he's got um, you know, the academic background to be very savvy in some issues. He's been, you know, worked with different groups of people. Um, He's somebody that can inspire. And I think, like you said, if you put these pieces together, it was perfect fit for the climate that we were in. And, um, you know, it's interesting because as voters, we're not 
you know, we're not necessarily only, you know, I, I talked about issues, we talked about party ID, we talked about um, demographics and, and candidate um, qualities, but as a voter, I mean, I'm considering all of these simultaneously, so it is important mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. kind of show that it isn't necessarily one of these factors, or as a voter, I can't, you know, I'm a, we're all multifaceted, as is Obama, but you just happen to be a right fit for the political climate that we're in. All right, well, great. Any uh, final thoughts, Joe? Thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing your expertise. I'm glad we did this. So, and to all of you, I want to say thanks for listening. Come and check out us, our resources, our public events at the library or on our webpage, as you have just now. And until next time, I'm Troy. I'm Joe. And this has been Check It Out. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Library podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.